0: Welcome to the um, second episode of Step the Hammer podcast. I um, don't have a title for it right now as I'm recording this. When I'm done, um, I will come up with something. It's probably going to be a longer episode because there's so much to talk about. But first, I wanted to um, clear up some things that I said last episode so people don't think I'm some kind of crackpot, I guess. Um, I have been to New York more than a few times. This was like my, I don't know, fifth or sixth time to New York, um, in different areas. So, you know, I did want to visit some places while I was out there. I just, obviously I went there for a reason, a horrible reason. I will reiterate that. Um, I've also had espresso many, many times, um, at fine Italian restaurants, not Olive Garden, but, um, unless I don't remember there's never, I've never had it where um, somebody has given me a, um, Sambuca, so that was a different experience for me. And also, um, when I was talking about Andrew Campos and the status hearing transcript, and I made comments like hilarious and entertaining and um, things like that, I wasn't making fun of him, obviously. I wasn't making fun of anybody. I just, um, it was more... I don't know, about the government having to face a fair judge and the entertainment values there. I said it again, um, that they have to face a fair judge and they're not getting what they want usually in these types of cases um, because obviously, of course, there's nothing funny about, you know, what's going on with the defendants. So I wanted to clear up um, those few issues um, so that you know I'm transparent and it's clear, and you know you guys know where I'm coming from. I know what I mean when I say things, but I know it always doesn't come across um that way. And I in some other areas, too, when I re-listen to it, I noticed that I said some things that I know what I meant, but I don't think that the audience knows what I meant. So I'll try better at that to um, not be so. i'm I'm trying not to censor myself in so many ways because i I really um i didn't censor myself really but i just was very careful with different things that i said um but today we're going to um, talk about a lot of things um and it's all interconnected kind of um there's secco and vanzetti briefly um censorship which is a big issue. Um, Joseph Colombo and then um, Joseph DiNapoli. And um, we're gonna talk about Stephen Crea who had actually only part of his sentencing on Thursday. Um, it uh, was pushed to um, another day at the end of the month because it took two hours to do what they needed to do in the like first part of it and I'll explain more about that um about so that you guys can understand that but his actually his actual sentencing um for the charges against him won't be until the end of the month before we get into the meat of the matters i wanted to talk a little bit about this software program that i'm using to do these podcasts it's new to me um but there's a lot of cool things you could do with it. So I'm doing these different promos and stuff like that. And all of my promos and intros might be different, you know, and I might, you know, not do it anymore because it's a lot of work. Um, but then I'm new at it too. So, you know, I need to give it time. Um, but everything I do tells a story. So if I'm not going to talk about maybe necessarily what's in that intro or promo, Then it will be talked about at some point, you know, because I don't want to, you know, do three hour podcasts. though I'm sure that I could because there's so many things to talk about. Um, But I'm going to try to, you know, make themes or, you know, keep a focus, you know, for each episode, you know, that these first few episodes um, will be a mix of things. And, um, actually this one might actually be two episodes because when I get to, um, Stephen Korea's sentencing from Thursday, it's, there's a lot of, to talk about just in that portion of it. Um, so I might do like a episode 2.5 or episode two and a half or whatever. Um, but I want to tell you things that you will always hear from me. I have favorite words. Um, my three favorite words when I talk about any of this stuff is outrageous, infuriating, and ridiculous. I will use those words constantly and probably a few others as well. So I want to start with ridiculous, and we're going to talk about censorship. Since I started the New York Mafia website back in November, I have tried different ways and avenues of promotion um, via you know av- ads on Twitter, Reddit, you know a bunch of different places, Facebook, you boost your posts, and I have been rejected so many times. It's not even funny, even for historical articles um, that we have on the New York Mafia, and so I've been I fight them all the time because it makes no sense. If it's historical, it's historical. It's not you know anything that's not there already out in the world you know maybe some of the information is you know new or fresh or whatever but it's still historical so finally Facebook you know lifted their restrictions on me for that but when I tried to advertise the podcast I was rejected for sensitive events and um This was from Google because they didn't really give me an explanation for it. But my question is, you know, is is it sensitive to the guys that got railroaded by by the government or is it sensitive to the government that did the railroading? And I would venture to guess it's probably the latter because Facebook denied me, um, rejected my attempts to promote the podcast because I talk about a federal judge and so I have to show, you have to verify your identity, which, you know, it's ridiculous um, what they make you do. You have to show driver's license and then answer all these questions and then they send you a letter and you got to put in a code, but I didn't answer some of the questions right so I have to go get an affidavit, affidavit to, you know, send it to them. Just... So I could talk on YouTube and Spotify and all the other places about real issues involving real people, um, you know, that aren't getting a fair shake in this justice system of ours. So um, censorship probably falls into all three of my favorite words, outrageous, infuriating and ridiculous, because I don't understand why it's so difficult to pay money to people so that you could get the word out about things, you know, to get a a broader audience and, you know, to set the record straight and, and, you know, balance the, the narrative that's out there that is mostly lies and inaccurate. Um, I tried even to get some, um, to buy some advertising with the patch in different areas and, after i tried to do some you know like i don't know just do an article you know about different things and they wouldn't let me do that either so okay you know i'll just do it my way then i guess um it just makes no sense to me i can't wrap my head around you know the the amount of censorship that goes on even when I first started with um the New York Mafia and I would boost posts before they censored me um because somebody actually complained about it which is outrageous I don't even I don't even get that and I actually lost some Facebook friends because of the subject matter and I'm thinking okay you know if that's whatever people are weird But the second thing that I want to talk, which kind of has to do with censorship is, um, sealed documents and protective orders. And this sealed documents in relation to informants, when informants make their deals with the government and they get these pre-sentencing reports or yeah, like sentencing reports so that, you know, they could get, a good deal for their deal. Those are all sealed and it's difficult to get them unsealed, which I don't understand why. Although, um, Jerry Capici was able to get some documents unsealed on David Evangelista. And we're going to talk about several informants, maybe not in this episode, but in maybe, you know, episode two and a half, um, because I have a lot to say about that which relates to um Steven sentencing on Thursday or his half sentencing. And so he was able to get some of those documents unsealed. But the question is, why are they sealed? If what the government did and how they went about getting their justice and all that that if it's on the up and up why does everything have to be hidden it's not like they're hiding most of them you know they're out there doing whatever they're doing and you know I can understand you know redact the address and you know any pertinent personal information but why are you sealing them up why do reporters and the public if they wanted to have to put in motions and all these other things to get these documents unsealed. It makes no sense to me. Um, the same with Frank Pasqua, the third, you know, number one government witness, um, in Stephen Korea's case, why are his documents sealed? You know, why do I have to go to the clerk's office while I was in New York to push the issue? Because two weeks after, um, you know, I submitted a motion to unseal these documents did, you know, they just ignore you and, you know, you you have to go in there and push the issue, you know, and then finally, you know, it showed up and whatever, you know, if the guy, you know, Jerry Capici reported that he's going to be on a podcast, then he's obviously not in fear of anything. So let us see his pre-sentencing documents. That should be public information. We should as a taxpayer know what these guys got for their crimes for cooperating with the government in order to convict other um, people. So that's my stance on that. But also um, with like protective orders for discovery materials and stuff like that before a trial starts, they put this protective order. So any discovery material that the government gives to the defense it can't be released and I understand you know during the you know the trial and all of that because it should be based you know it the stuff should be presented at trial however think about this before the protective order is or before the government turns over the discovery material they release evidence to the media for example um, in Andrew Campos's case when they um, unsealed the indictment or, you know, put press release out about the indictment, what did they include with the information that they sent to the media? Two pieces of evidence. I mean, I would imagine there are pieces of evidence that they're going to use at trial if it, you know, gets to that stage. One was about a meeting, um, about... Uh, Frank Kelly's murder, and the other was a picture that they found in Andrew Campos's somewhere in his house, you know, a picture of him with Frank Lucasio. and so they released all of that information, got their headlines because, you know, the Frank Kelly's murder was big news when it happened, and so they got headlines with that, and then, you know, they released that picture to the media and the media printed it all but are they going to use that in evidence i would guess so but why is it okay for them to release that before they give all the discovery material to the defense and then seal it all up because they don't want anybody to know about it and then after the trial why don't they unseal it all why are they keeping it all secret let the people see it You know, let the public see what it is, because if you release all that information, then there won't be any question of you doing shady things. That's my view on that. Um, You know, I just, I don't, it's not something that I really understand at all on how they operate and how they think like that. You know, I, like I said, I can understand, you know, personal information, things like that. That needs to be, you know, for safety reasons or whatever it is, but they're not, you know, they're not doing it. There's no reason for it, you know. And I I will go back to, um, for example, in John Gambino's trial, back in the early '90s, he, um, well actually when they arrested his brother Joe Gambino and um another defendant, they put out in the media to juice up the story and, you know, get attention, they um said that they found this hitman's kit in one of the other co defendants house. And I mean, isn't that evidence? Right? You know, you need to you're going to present this hitman's kit, you know, tell the jury all about the hitman kit. And I think obviously they did, but why is it okay for you to put that out there now and then, you know, seal it all up. So, and there's instances of that, um, you know, in Stephen Korea's case too. Um, but we'll talk about Stephen Korea in a bit. Um, but so the, uh, it's just the whole thing it makes no sense to me. I don't, I don't understand the thinking of that, and I'm not going to go on and on about that because, you know, to me that's kind of like censorship in a way because you're not getting the whole story and, um, you know, the full context of things. So you can make a better decision about your opinions, um, you know, regarding what the government is doing. You know, maybe if they showed everything that they're doing, people wouldn't think that they're shady all the time, you know, but whatever, you got something to hide. I guess that's, you got something to hide. Um, so I'm going to talk, I think maybe now that I did censorship, I have a list. I have to do a list to keep it all together. So don't make fun of me. You know, sometimes you have to do it like an outline. I'm not really an outline person, but sometimes you have to do an outline. Um, But I do want to talk about um, Sacco and Vanzetti and um, Joseph Colombo and his Italian-American Civil Rights League, um, because those two things are really, I think, pertinent for some of the other things I'm going to talk about later. Um, And at some point, probably not today, um, and I think of this because of Sacco and Vanzetti, but the death penalty, you know, a lot of times they'll throw the death penalty at defendants, um, you know, organized crime cases to scare them, I guess, to turn informant, you know, they did it in Stephen Korea's case. Um, Joseph, Massino became a, an informant because of the death penalty. And, um, so it's interesting how that whole process works. And I never knew that it's amazing. The things that you learn that nobody would ever know. And even you, you, you question the process of, um, these different things and how they form committees. And it's just mind blowing new word. So I'm not going to talk about that now because I don't have my notes and I don't want to, you know, speak things that aren't factual or truth or and and I don't want to give out misinformation. But it is uh, truly mind-blowing how that process works. Um, So about Sacco and Vanzetti. um, That was a case that was very controversial. And actually it's kind of pertinent today, them and also, you know, Joe Colombo, which I'll talk about shortly, you know, some of his, the things that he did and how it relates to today too, but that's not, I'm not talking politics or, you know, current events or anything like that. It's just, it's interesting how, you know, it kind of corresponds to things happening today. So I think that I am going to um, make a part two for this episode, two because I'm not going to spend a lot of time talking about Sacco and Vanzetti, um, but there are just some things that I want to highlight. You know, it's a that's an episode in itself. Um, same with Joe Colombo. Um, I there's just some things that I want to say about him um, and because it all relates to my whole theme um for this episode um but i'm not gonna like do this deep delve into joe colombo but i will at some point because um there's a lot that i want to say about him um but then it might be three parts to episode two i don't know we'll see what happens with uh part two when i record that um but I'm not going to spend a lot of time, like I said, on those other two subjects. But then I want to talk about uh, Joseph DiNapoli and the insanity going on with his uh, battle for home confinement. And then, of course, um, Stephen Elcrea's half-sentencing on Thursday, um, which might be... A whole episode in itself because there's a lot to talk about and I want to speak of those informants I had mentioned and showed you a picture of before um, a couple of them in more depth than the other two um, but at some point I'll be talking about them too because um, I have a lot to say you know when I break down Stephen Korea's um, case so there might be two more parts coming it depends when I record them um, you know, how long they are. I don't want to do a two hour episode on one shot, you know, it takes forever to upload to. Um, but you know, that way you, it can be broken down and, um, that's how I'm going to do it. So I will see you soon, um, for part two. Thanks.